welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-old people who feel like they have so much more to offer, but are somehow stuck. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we're going to be talking all about The Authentic You. I'm extremely excited to have Azeldi Lewitz here with us today. Azeldi is a Director of Valuation, Advisory, and Alternatives for the UK and a little bit of Amir. She works for a major global property advisory firm. Hi, Zeldi. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Great Ab- to be here. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us. Um, my first question for you is, what do you do? That title sounds big and prestigious, but I have literally no idea what it means. So, yeah, thanks. We, we basically value um, any type of property that is slightly different than your normal office building or shop or, or, you know, which we classify as commercial properties. So we would value anything that is um, income producing and as a trading asset, which is a big word. Uh, but in short, is we value mainly self-storage properties, uh, marinas, car parks, airports, anything, anything sort of off the beaten track, if you may. So when I get my boat and I park it in a marina, you can value that marina exactly. for me. Exactly. Whether we value the storage unit, the berth, the car park, it's all the same thing. Fantastic. But I mean, it sounds like a really interesting job. I mean, how in the world did you ever get into that? Yeah, it is, it is quite a bizarre story. And I think actually within my company, I think my background is quite unique because I'm not a traditional uh, property valuer. I um, started in my career in South Africa, where I uh, grew up. And my dad actually started a self-storage company when I was about high school age. And um, I actually sort of fell into, into the company, uh, firstly, starting to help him out with some things. And I ended up never leaving. Um, and then when we wanted to grow the company, um, one of the biggest issues we had was with the banks understanding how to finance us. So I did a master's in evaluation of, um, of self-storage facilities. And actually, my now current boss is one of my biggest contributors to my research piece. And so fast forward uh, a few years later, we moved um, to the UK with my family and um, I ran into my boss again and and joined the company. Um, and so I, I think I have sort of a, a really good knowledge of of what it means, of what it means to to manage a self-storage company. So I understand the numbers a bit. I have the color behind the numbers, which which helps and which makes it fun as well. I guess I can also relate to the clients. Um, who are you know managing their storage facilities or marinas or, or whatever that is. So yeah. And it's been sort of a family business as this is something you've grown up with since high school. It's something that you're knowledgeable about, but I can imagine it's not a female heavy environment. Are there are there lots of females? Am I wrong in that? No, definitely. You're you're 100 right. I was recently at the um, FEDESA, which is uh, short for Federation of European Self-Storage Associations uh, Conference. And I think it is, it is. I mean, the property industry is heavily male dominated, but self-storage industry is even worse. I think I was probably one out of 20 females out of 500 people. So <laughs> definitely in the minority. And tell me a little bit about that. So we, we're talking here about being the authentic you. Has there ever been a time you know, maybe it's different because you grew up with it and you grew up in the area, but has there been a time when you kind of have had to show up to work and have felt that actually you need to show up as somebody different? 
Yeah, I actually remember a, a specific story where um, my dad had uh, had gone into hospital and I had to sort of last minute take over one of our big construction projects. And I was quite young and, um, you know, sat around the table with a lot of other males. And um, especially the contractor was quite intimidating in the way that the, just the, the whole manner. It just, you know, I was, yeah, I was the only female around. And I remember feeling extremely intimidated by the way that they well, just dealt with me, spoke with me, um, and uh, and I guess I soon had to learn that I can never be one of them, and that's okay. And so I actually uh, realised that the more pink I wear, the more I annoy them. <laughs> uh, and I guess I guess people also pick up on when when you are happy with yourself and confident in yourself, and that in itself is sometimes intimidating. So. I, I then went, um, you know, with confidence on site and high heels and kicked over walls. And and I actually became a bit of a, uh, an inspiration to the construction company um, owner who sort of, you know, said, you know, Isaldi takes um, excellence seriously and we should all aim to build our buildings to a higher standard. Um, but, yeah, it definitely was a, a moment of growth for me um, going through that process and just sort of making peace with you know, who you are and, and having comfort in your own skin. I think it's so important for our listeners to hear because a lot of times when you walk into that room and you feel uncomfortable in your skin, you start to doubt yourself and you start, it's just, it's a complete confidence knock, as you said, yeah. and kind of getting to be yourself, getting to be your authentic self and walking in that room, just even if it's hard, even if everyone kind of tries to knock your confidence and tries to put you where you are, at least if you're being yourself, it's their problem, not yours. Exactly. And I think there's also great liberation in also making peace with your own limitations mm. um, and your strengths. So knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not so good at, um, which comes handy in all aspects of life, you know, um, in relationships, it's it's especially in teamwork. Um, it's good to know that this problem that I'm dealing with now is not my strong suit, and I have to get someone else in that that knows this well or can do this well. And um, and I think people really respect that because there's an honesty and an authenticity in that, in knowing that I can do this really well. And actually, with this, I need to pull in people who do know well, who do know how to do this well. We talk about that a lot on the podcast is I think when you're first starting out, especially in your 20s and your early 30s, mm -hmm. you almost have this innate feeling that you need to be able to do everything that you should be good at everything. Yeah. And I think it comes with age and experience and confidence again, to be able to recognize those things that as you say, you're not as good as you're not as strong as I always use the example of Excel, I can do Excel, I can make Excel work. People can make Excel sing and like, it's like an opera. Mine yeah. is like, you know, a deet, 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 deet beat kind of a thing. And so I think if I'm put in charge of Excel, when someone else can make it sing and they're put in charge of something like putting on a presentation, which actually I could probably do pretty well, no one is winning. <laughs> like, the, yeah, exactly. you know, unless exactly. it's a learning experience for some reason, no one is winning. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I don't have nothing to add to that. <laughs> so I think I think there's something there, though, in terms of when you're your authentic self, you're able to know what your strengths are. You're able to know what your weaknesses are. You're able to recognize those. Is there a time when you think you 
done that poorly and kind of looking back, you've seen that um, when you've walked into a meeting or you've dealt with somebody, you can kind of see, actually, I didn't, I didn't deal with that as well. Yeah. And I guess, you know, um, being honest and truthful to yourself is, is such a key thing in life and it's okay to fail. It's okay sometimes not to do something well. And, and I guess it's, it's super important, like you say, to be, to be aware in life. Um, and that starts with the knowledge of yourself and also to be aware of what makes you upset, what makes you angry, what makes you happy, um, because those things are telltales of what's going on in your heart and and are also telltales of who you are. Um, and those are so, so, so important um, uh, to, to be aware of. And yeah, no, lots, lots of failings, but I guess it's also having the courage of of um, of not being afraid to fail, um, which is the important thing. Um, and I guess I don't. I don't dwell on them, so I, I, there's not a specific one that comes to mind now. But I, I guess I, I, that's probably my perspective on life. Is it's it's such such a big part of daily life, failing and learning from it, and standing up again, and um, yeah, being aware of 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 what's going on around you. Um, I, I find that so refreshing because you can't even think of it. You know you have. You know that you know it's not as like you have messed up, but because you don't dwell on it and live in the past you learn from those mistakes, you move forward, it, you know, there's not even a time that springs to mind. So one of the things I would just challenge our listeners with is if you're holding on to something in the past, like if when I asked that question to Zelda, you immediately thought of something and a failing in your life. Think about whether you can let that go and you can learn from that and move forward. And if it was something that was so major that, you know, you ended up getting fired from your job and you know, you're right now listening to this because you're stuck between roles, um, you know, think about whether you need to change and try and do something new and learn from that. And the next time you go to an interview, use it to your benefit. So we, we talk a lot about um, on this podcast, kind of that using the strengths, as we talked about, we talk about being your authentic self when you are able to be your authentic self and when you're able to show up and walk into the room, what's the benefit? to you what's the benefit to those in the room I think um probably the most important thing also is that um you know authenticity yes it starts inward um but I guess in life it also you have to reach that a very important point where you are working towards the greater good of others around you and and knowing who you are knowing how you can make a bent, you know a contribution to a team to a family to friends I mean, that's what life's about. Um, you know, achievements come and go. And the moment I'm sure I walk out of my job, um, I won't be missed. <laughs> um, but it's 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 how you did it. It's it's the journey that counts. It's um, uh, I, I guess I've, I've recently also heard someone say, you know, what is the story you want to write? Um, and I try and these days um, judge all my actions by that. In in what is the story I want to write? Because I guess you know days days and minutes can sometimes feel purpose purposeless or senseless um but put a few of those together um you know life all aspects of life work like that it's little bits that contribute to a big um the time value of money you know dieting um patience all of those things work towards a, a bigger thing it's those tiny little moments that um yeah work to a Make, make something extraordinary. 
I love that. So it's kind of taking that step back and recognizing where do I want to go from here? So kind of what yeah. is what is my story? What do I want this to look like at the end? And, you know, we talk a little bit about something called backcasting. So I talk about this in terms of careers is, you know, let's say right now you're feeling stuck because you don't know where you want to go next or there you feel like you have endless options in front of you. What I often tell clients to do is to think about where you want to end up. So I had one client who said, you know, I just feel like I have this ocean of possibilities in front of me. And then I said, okay, well, where do you want to end up? And she explained that she eventually wanted to be on a series of boards. And I think she said something along the lines of in a boat, in a marina that has, you know, been evaluated by Zelda, obviously. Um, but uh, she said, you know, I want to, I want to have these board roles. And so we just then took some steps backwards from that to say, okay, get those board roles. What do you need to do? And to get that role, what do you need to do? And then where are you now? What's the timing for this? And similarly, what do you want your story to be? What do you want to be known for? What do you want your legacy to be is another way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Go on. Yeah. And and I guess the other thing also is having patience with the process. Because I think we live in such a day and age where we want things to change quickly or happen quickly. And and actually there's no there's no such thing as an experience that is wasted. Um every every single thing you can learn from or um, but also it takes time and and I guess you know relationships um, in life also people change slowly over time and having patience with with people um, and um, yeah I think that's right especially that learning point we had in Mar the scene the uh, episode Marvelous Mentors that we had with Jody he was talking about how uh, he didn't get a job in communications and so he took a role answering phones and just started getting involved in the comms in that team and managed to learn something along the way. And actually, even the time that he was on the phones, he learned more about customers. He learned how to deal with people. He then made some connections he was able to use later on. And, you know, it's it's the most sometimes the most mundane things. You know, there, my sister uh, got a job where she was supposed to be editing uh, the manual for this company. That was her job. And by the end of it, she knew the company better than anyone else in the company because exactly. she edited the manual. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I can I can relate to that 100%. Uh, you know, originally when I started helping out my dad, all my friends were taking top jobs at investment banks and, um, yeah, big institutions and were driving around flashy cars. And I really felt sorry for myself working for, you know, this storage company and a very lifeless building. Um, but now I look back on those years so favorably and have the most amazing memories. And the growth I had during that time was just incredible because I had the opportunity to see how a business has grown from the ground up. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I definitely learned to have patience with, you know, with the process because at that time I really wanted the <laughs> The flashy job and the flashy call and everything, <laughs> um, but I I learned so much and I had the amazing opportunity also with working with my dad, which I guess is um, an opportunity that very few people have. He was actually able to impart so much knowledge onto me that I learned in such a short space of time at a very young age, and I was I was given a, a lot of responsibility also. Um, at a young age which at the time also felt like a burden but looking back it was absolutely incredible exposure 
Yeah, my dad was the captain of a guided missile cruiser. I was not welcome to work. <laughs> I was not allowed to go to work with him. Um, but I just, I, I want to pick up on that point that you're making there. So you, you're saying that, you know, you were working in a family business and you were getting a lot of experience, but just to translate that to people who don't have that, that family business ability is taking that less flashy job in a smaller place sometimes can give you so much more experience and so much more exposure than you would ever get working at a big firm. Now, of course, having the big firm name on your CV will give you opportunities. And I'm not saying take the smaller job over the bigger one or anything like that. That's, this isn't the advice, this isn't the <clears throat> advice moment. Yeah, It's just to recognize that if you don't get that big flashy job, so if you're somebody that's applying for these roles and you end up in a smaller corporate, recognize the fact that you have this opportunity to actually be able to do more. You're, you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and it's all about the narrative that you give it. Um, you know, in that situation, I could, you know, I, I did originally think, oh, I'm working for this small company. I'm not, you know, progressing my career where I wanted it to go. But after a few years, I realized, hey, I actually have a major opportunity here. And it's it's the story that I now tell. Um, and everyone, you know, always are very jealous of my introduction <laughs> um, to, to clients, but but also that introduction came with a lot of pain mm. <laughs> and and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. And um, yeah, it wasn't easy, but now looking back, it looks like this fairy tale story. So I guess also coming back to my previous point, that there's no experience that is wasted. Um, if you are aware, if you keep on asking questions, if you are curious in life, if, you, if you're excited about things in life, opportunities will come. Um, and it's just keeping going um, and not being put off by failure or obstacles. And, and I, I guess the other important thing also is, is um, and I think it's the biggest risk for a lot of, especially females, is we compare ourselves. And that is the biggest, um, you know, we trip ourselves by doing that because we don't know what burdens other people have carried or are carrying. We don't know what challenges they are having. So I guess what I'm trying to say is stick at it, um, decide where you want to go and and, and go for it. Um, uh, the sky is the limit. There's no, there's no such thing as, 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 as bad experiences. I mean, I think yeah, I think I think I absolutely agree with that. And and one of the things to pick up on there is that story, that thought of how are you looking at your narrative as well as how you're t telling it. Yeah. So I often, you know, I mean, obviously we don't need to put a huge glossy spin on everything. If you've had an extremely yeah. difficult upbringing, obviously that's something you're carrying with you, and you don't have to spin that into a fairy tale. No. But you can also, I I often use the example of. I can tell my life story in one of two ways. One, I was a military child. I had to move every two years. I was ripped out of schools, ripped away from friends, ripped through cultures. I had to have, I was, it was an incredibly difficult experience having to make new friends everywhere we moved, you know, not knowing the language in some of the places we moved to. And, you know, I went through different schoolings. So some were English schools, some were American schools. Sometimes I throw a U in randomly in America. Sometimes I forget it in England, you know, and I can, I can paint this picture that is not very yeah. lovely. Yeah. Alternatively, I can say, 
I had this incredible upbringing where I got to move every two years. I got to experience these incredible cultures. And yes, of course, it was hard to leave people behind. But look at my network now. Look at the people that I've met throughout my life. Look at the way that I'm able to very quickly pick up with people and, you know, gain rapport with them. And I have I have commonality with many people across many cultures because I've experienced all, you know, you can you spin it how you want to. But in your head, if you make everything super negative, that is going to you're going to have a super negative narrative. Whereas if you're able to turn it more positive, you're going to have that positivity. Exactly. It's it's so important not to become a victim of your circumstance. Um, yeah, and and look, like you've just said, bad things do happen and it mm. sucks. Mm. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. There's just no positive way to spin it. You know, bad things happen. Um, but yeah, I think for all the rest of it, <laughs> um, you, you have a choice in how you deal with it. Um, yeah and, and which just, is which is how you can also again you know none of us are an island none of none of us none of these things happen to you in isolation mm-hmm. so um how you respond and react to life has has a definite impact on on those around you and you are writing their stories as well um I think that's one of the biggest things I've become aware of as a mother is how I react is becoming you know two things become my children's story um, and yet, sure, they have a choice as to how they react to my reaction. <laughs> but as far as I, I can, I try and, y- yeah, react to things in a more positive, constructive way. I'd love to learn that from you. My children are <laughs> screaming at each other because I scream at them so much. That is my next yes. I need to have somebody on my podcast to teach me how to be a better communicator with my children. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm getting it right all the time. I guess I'm just trying to be more aware of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that authentic self, I mean, when when you think about your authentic self, if you are someone who is constantly telling yourself a negative story, constantly putting yourself down, constantly in a place where you're criticizing yourself for who you are, you know, your authentic self is is not going to be terribly authentic. It's just going to be this sort of negative shell of who you are internally. So I would challenge listeners, if if that resonates with you, if this is something where you you have an internal monologue that you would never... So for instance, if I spoke to Azeldi the way that you speak to yourself, you would be, you'd be shocked, I imagine, if you have that kind of negative thing. And I, I have that too. I'm a very positive person, but I still have you know a lot of that negative talk in my head. And take some time to actually recognize it and bottle it up. One of the one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to people is give it a name. And um, there's a actually recently there's a, a new movie called Luca, and yeah. he says Silencio Bruno, and that's like <laughs> we know don't have any fear, Silencio Bruno. So you can name it Bruna or Bruno, and just say Silencio Bruno. Don't say it out loud <laughs> in a meeting, please. But yeah, that's the type of thing. Just shut that voice up, or try to turn it into something positive. And just that that kind of inner monologue constantly going is, is a huge detriment to your psyche and your confidence. And and let's face it, people people pick up on that. People are smarter than we give them credit for. Um, and I've always found in life, the moment I make peace with who I am, you know, what my limitations, the things I'm good at, the things I'm not good at, it's as if you become this magnet <laughs> that people start liking you and you go, but Hey, a minute ago, I was absolutely desperate for your approval. 
now that I'm okay with who I am, all of a sudden I'm getting it. And and I guess that's the irony of it all, isn't it? That people pick up on it and it's it's um it's attractive because there's there's peace and there is I've I've once read a book and um it sort of said, What is the what is the feeling that people get when they're with you? Do they feel stuck in traffic or are they looking at the sun setting? And and that to me is such a good um you know image of of what we probably need to aim to have the image in our own hearts is is to create that image of of the sunset and peace with who we are and 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 I guess that in itself becomes a um, a very authentic likable you and there's no one else like that out there um, no one else can copy it no one else can imitate it it's just you um, and there's great um, relief in that as well. And right there, I think that is so profound in terms of you are the only you. There is no one else like you. So if you're trying to imitate somebody else, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're trying to be them as opposed to being yourself. And if you watch any teen movie, you know that the dorky kid who tries to fit in the whole time, as soon as they embrace their dorkiness and go (laughs) be a proper dork, that's when that's they when, are that's popular. The <laughs> exactly. That's when they get their moment. Yeah. So absolutely be true to yourself. Um, recognize your strengths, recognize your weaknesses. Um, and also you become a magnet. The more real you are, the more authentic you are with others. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. incredible. I, I recently was, at, I was in a situation where I was asked to work on a project and I didn't have capacity um, to do that. Yeah, if I was in another life stage um, of my life, I would be able to work until two o'clock in the morning. So I literally said to my boss in so many words, I do not have capacity to work until two o'clock in the morning. Therefore, I'm not going to be on this project. And it became it became sort of a phrase that everyone is now using to say no to something and saying, I'm not going to work until two o'clock in the morning. And I sort of tried to make the point that I don't have capacity, you know, to, to work so hard I yes I work hard but I'm also a mom and I don't want to uh, be um, uh, nowhere over the weekends for my children because I'm catching up on sleep or or working even more um, and I guess you know in the moment you feel like oh gosh this is an extremely career limiting um, moment but in the same sense um, everyone now knows exactly what they can and cannot expect from me um, and that's very liberating and I didn't get you know any sort of sense that they think I'm slacking or that I'm not motivated or that I'm not ambitious I think you know my, my action previously has proven that um, I'm I'm there to bring my to bring my part so um, yeah. And that goes back to where your values are as well. So, you know, yeah. you're, we talked about writing your story. We talked about the end game. It's also ensuring that what you're doing aligns with your values. Yeah. And if for you, the value is that you need to, you recognize that you want to spend quality time with your family. And by doing a certain job or a certain project, that's not going to fulfill that. No matter how much you love the job, you are always going to be miserable because it's not aligning with your values. Exactly. No, I mean I couldn't agree more. It's 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 figuring out what is your your true north and 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 making decisions by that um, or accordingly. Um, and I guess the other wise thing that I've also recently heard, um, and I will I'll mention that this comes from Andy Stanley. It's not my own wisdom, but um, <laughs> um, he sort of said uh, no for now, but not forever. And I guess 
you know, especially also as women, is realizing that sometimes we go through seasons in life, and they are some things that are, that's a no for now, but it's not a no forever. Mm. Um, and life is long. Um, you know, it's there's lots of time. Actually, I think we are very sometimes caught up in the you know we have to do things right now. We have to do be, do everything right now. Be a perfect mom, perfect career, perfect everything. And sometimes we can we can do the relay. It's okay. <laughs> And I've heard people say before that, you know, when, when they have certain expectations on themselves, that they will have done something by the time they're 30, by the time they're 35, by the time they're 40, when they don't achieve that, it's such a huge letdown. And I think, you know, maybe if your career ended at 50, if you're retired at 50, those types of dates on these specific ages it are, would have been worth something, but people are retiring at 70 and 80 now. So yeah. why don't we give ourselves a break and we don't have to rule the world by 40. <laughs> we can do it when we're 80. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, uh, life has got so many aspects and so many facets. And as we've spoken again, you know, all these experiences make you a rich person and, and they all um, work together sometimes to bring you a unique skill set that you can even um, make something amazing at the end of your working career, if you may call it that. Um, I've seen that many times. And so many people are like uber successful, you know, once they hit 40 or 50. And it's because it's all of those experiences that finally come together and they have that aha moment where this is what I now need to do. In the words of Taylor Swift, there ain't nobody like me. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you a question. This is the undiscovered you. Um, On this journey to discovering your authentic self, on this journey to being comfortable in your own skin, what have you discovered about yourself along the way? Yes, it's just being, uh, understanding what makes you you happy. Um, I really enjoy... um, putting things in place, uh, you know, growing it. Um, I, I like taking on, tackling on new projects. That's in a sort of more personal capacity. I've also learned that um, I love being a mom. Um, and yeah, those, those two sort of loves are sometimes in, um, in conflict with each other. Um, but that's okay. Uh, that's who I am. Um, and and sometimes the kids don't understand that. Sometimes my boss doesn't understand the other half of me. Uh, and that's fine. Um, uh, so I guess probably the, the most important thing is also is to, is just the sort of the peace with these are the, this is who I am and that's okay. Um, you know, I don't have to be um, someone who just wants to be at home necessarily. And I also don't have to be just a hundred percent career woman. I'm both. Um, and, and that's me. Um, yeah. There's a saying about working like you don't have a family and have a family like you don't work. And I think, I think sometimes we do that to ourselves is we, we have to be full stay at home moms and full employees all the time. And it's just not possible. And I think what you just said is so perfect because sometimes you're letting your boss down. Sometimes you're letting your family down. And that's the breaks. And if you want a job and a family, that's going to happen. There's not, there's yeah. no one who's ever got it perfectly right, no matter what you put in place. 
yeah. kids are demanding, work is demanding. Yeah, and, and that comes back to also understanding your limitations is and having peace with that because, um, you know, as, as I've said, I, I cannot work until two o'clock in the morning and that's okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, not feeling guilty or feeling that I'm less ambitious than anyone else, um, I suppose, yeah. Um, and, and keeping that sort of curiosity about life alive because uh, I guess, you know, having these two opposing forces, it, it can really become tough and a burden and um, it can kill you. Because <laughs> uh, what often goes is, is you, because um, you give your all to everyone else around you and, um, and, then, and then you go. But I guess, uh, yeah, you have to be clever about it. If, if that's who you are, then you have to set yourself up in a way that you can can do both we need support and um, I think we have to also make peace with the fact that we cannot be these amazing moms and employees and not have support structures around us um yeah which also brings me back to just I think it's important to say that you know I did take a career break and it was amazing um but in that time I also had to have put this side of me that really wanted to work um and really wanted to do stuff um to sleep um, and yeah, and being in the moment, enjoying being with little children, the mess, the, <laughs> the okay. chaos, the everything. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's so important is that if you're someone who has chosen one or the other, so if you have chosen to completely stay home, you cannot blame your children for that. That was your choice. Yeah. And you can't say to them, you're holding my career back and all those yeah. types of things, because again, that was your choice. And if you choose to be completely corporate, you know, live in nanny where you see the kids on holidays and, and that's your choice. The repercussions for that, again, you need to be okay with because that's yeah. your choice again. Yeah. So I think, I think it's really important that these are choices that you make. Yeah. Sometimes, obviously, if you are in an economically stressed situation where you have to work two jobs in order to put food on your table, that's yeah, not so, a choice you're making. That's a completely yeah. different situation, but we're talking about people who have, you know, big corporate jobs and they're making that choice to have the high income earning. Um, so that's, yeah, and I, that's very interesting. And I like the fact that you can't, you can't be all things to all people. Um, so we ask every single one of our guests this final question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received, you've ever heard, or possibly have ever gotten in a fortune cookie? <laughs> I'd actually say, um, my, my dad once gave me a very good piece of advice and it comes back to this, this thing of, of not comparing yourself to other people as he sort of said, you know, life is long and it's almost uh, like a wave that starts in the sea and that reaches the shore, our lives. And you cannot judge the wave by, you know, being in the sea. It still has to reach the shore. Um, and so I guess it's having having that patience with people around us. So sometimes we, we are expecting things of other people. Sometimes we're expecting things of ourselves. Sometimes we're comparing ourselves to each other. Um, in that moment, uh, when my dad and I had the conversation, my brother had just uh, met a new girlfriend and I was extremely sad and I was um, <clears throat> feeling very sorry for myself that I don't have a boyfriend yet. And we were extremely good friends and I felt lonely and I felt deserted by my brother. And I <laughs> sort of, you know, I, was, I couldn't understand my dad saying that life is long and, you know, next time this year, things might be different. And it was, 
next the next year I'd met my husband and my brother had made up with his girlfriend so uh, <laughs> the point I'm just trying to make here is that uh yeah I guess being being patient and not comparing yourself like you're on your own journey go for it um yeah make good decisions um what's your true north and yeah get get that wave to shore in a in a good way write your story well well, Izeldi, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And thank you so much for all your little pearls of wisdom that you've shared along the way. I'm sure that our listeners have gotten a lot out of it. And I think just showing how to be your authentic self, showing how to be true to yourself, recognizing your limitations, also recognizing your strengths, and just coming out the other side of this life's journey with a story that you have written that you want to tell. I thought that was absolutely beautiful. So thank you so much for your time today, Izeldi. Thank you, Kimberly. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Join us next week when we speak to Jill Wiley about being her authentic self as a transformational change agent at a major financial institution. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment below. And I hope you're one step closer to discovering the undiscovered you.